This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the 19th Sunday of the year, the 7th of August. I don't like having to wait. As a Londoner and someone who has to spend a lot of time in my car, I find myself unavoidably in lots of traffic hold-ups, which I find frustrating to say the least. I hate waiting for the lights to change, I hate waiting in line at the bank or a checkout, and I hate being kept waiting. So when I'm told that waiting seems to belong to the heart of the spiritual life, I'm not impressed. So what sense can we make of the spirituality of waiting and vigilance, which Jesus recommends to us in the readings? The first thing that we have to realise is that we and God are quite simply on different timescales. St Peter states this truth with great directness. To you, O Lord, a thousand years are like a day. To the God who stands outside of space and time and who orders the whole of creation, our hours, days, years and centuries have a radically different meaning. What's a long time to us is an instant for God, and hence what seems like delay to us is no delay at all to God. What seems like silly and pointless waiting to us can be the way that God is uniquely and mysteriously working things out. Your life is not about you, and this insight is particularly important in terms of the present question, why isn't God acting how I want and when I want? It is possible that we're made to wait because the road that we're on is not the one God wants for us. G.K. Chesterton said that if you're on the wrong road, the very worst thing you can do is to move quickly. And there's that old joke about the pilot who comes on the intercom and says, I've got good news and bad news, folks. The bad news is that we're totally lost. The good news is that we're making excellent time. Maybe we're forced to wait because God wants us seriously to reconsider the course that we've charted to stop hurtling down a wrong or dangerous road. Or perhaps we're made to wait because we're not yet adequately prepared to receive what God wants to give us. In his remarkable letter to Prober, St. Augustine argued that the purpose of unanswered prayer is to force expansion of the heart. When we don't get what we want, we begin to want it more and more, with ever greater insistency, until our souls are on fire with the desire for it. Sometimes it's only a sufficiently expanded and inflamed heart that can take in what God intends to give. What would happen to us if we received immediately and on our own terms everything we wanted? We might be satisfied in a superficial way, but we wouldn't begin to appreciate the precariousness of those gifts. After all, the Israelites had to wait thousands and thousands of years before they were ready to receive God's greatest gift. Recently, our Year 6 School Leavers production was the Old Testament story of Joseph and his brothers. Joseph was a dreamer and clearly wanted to be a great man. But if he'd been given political power and authority when he was an arrogant youth, 
the results would have been disastrous, both for him and for those under his control. His many years of suffering, his terrible weight, made him a ruler with both wisdom and deep compassion. And so when his brothers did indeed finally bow down to him, as he foresaw in his dream, he was able to react not in vengeance, but in love. I am Joseph, your brother. There are two things that we could practically do to deepen our sense of waiting and vigilance. One is the very Catholic discipline of Eucharistic adoration, to spend a half an hour or an hour in the presence of the Lord is not to accomplish or to achieve very much. It's really not getting anywhere. But it is a particularly rich form of spiritual waiting. As you keep vigil before the Blessed Sacrament, we can bring to Christ the problems and the dilemmas that we're fretting over. We say, Lord, I'm waiting for you to solve this, to show me the way out, the way forward. I've been running, planning, worrying, but now I'm going to let you work. Then just wait and watch for the signs. Secondly, take advantage of traffic jams and annoying queues or anything that makes you wait. And let the truth of what that 18th century spiritual writer Jean-Pierre de Caussade said sink in. Whatever happens to you in the course of a day, for good or ill, is an expression of God's will. Instead of bewailing your luck, banging on the steering wheel or rolling your eyes in frustration, see the weight as a spiritual invitation. And when you are forced to slow down, pray one of the great repetitive vigil prayers of the church, such as the rosary or the Jesus prayer, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, or the Divine Mercy Chaplet. With this repetition and resolution in mind, it's always good to have a, a rosary handy in the car or about our person. Consider the possibility that God wants you at that moment to wait and then sanctify the time through savouring one of those prayers. The entire Bible ends on a note not so much of triumph and completion as one of longing and expectation. Come, Lord Jesus. From the very beginning, the followers of the risen Jesus have been waiting, from Paul to Augustine to John Chrysostom to Thomas Aquinas to St. Clair, St. Francis and Blessed John Henry Newman and to ourselves. We've all waited for that coming of Christ and in this have been like Mary who waited in joyful hope for the coming of the Saviour. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, whom, taught by the Holy Spirit, we dare to call our Father, bring, we pray, to perfection in our hearts the spirit of adoption as your sons and daughters, that we may merit to enter into the inheritance which you have promised through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.